Gaming History 101. Extra credit. Alright, what's up guys and welcome to Gaming History 101's Extra Credit, the Community GameCube Top 10s. And if you're thinking to yourself, why the hell hasn't this gone live, you would be absolutely correct. I can do nothing more than apologize. I was honestly trying to get more votes, but I tried too hard and then I started procrastinating and you all know what that's like. Anyway, I was looking back and the first email we got on the top 10 was on March 29th and the last email we got was on April 9th and that was only because Voss was like, is it too late? And I said, no, go ahead. Um, we only got four votes on this one. Now, I seem to remember somebody mentioning a handful of uh, of them elsewhere, but I can't seem to find it. It wasn't in the comment section of our post. I tried to check through Twitter, but that's difficult. Um, and so I really don't know where else people would have left top 10, so I apologize. I think I even checked Facebook and didn't find any. Uh, I did throw it out to N4G, and while it did bring a shitload of traffic, um, it didn't bring up votes. So I understand that the GameCube was not as widely regarded as the other consoles. That being said, all of that being said, we do have a pretty good list here, and I was impressed to uh, see what did come together and how this ended up working out for the Community Top 10. But yet again, if you disagree or wish it had gone a different way, the best way you can handle that, much like in American politics, is to vote. So next time you got to vote. But if you haven't heard these before, what we basically do is we take uh, the community top 10s that are turned in. Some people use lots of remarks. Other people just give the top 10. We'll go through those. And then we will rank them. Basically, everybody's number one gets 10 points. Everyone's number two gets nine points. And all the way down to the number 10 gets one point. Then we add them all up and we see how the point totals work out. And this time, there were no ties in between. So the top 10 is truly the top 10 by points. So... With that in mind, let's kick it off. And of course, the first one comes from 42 Level 1's own Andy Urquhart, uh, giving his top 10 GameCube games. He goes, yo guys, just chiming in with my top 10 GameCube games. Number 10, Time Splitters 2. On the GameCube? Uh, it's not the only, um, let's see here. Yeah, it got more than, than one uh, vote, as you'll see. Um, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but interesting number nine super monkey ball jam is very pleased with you i still haven't played it <laughs> number eight lord of the rings two towers uh i played this on the xbox but i do like this game it basically because fellowship of the ring which did come out on all the consoles as well is based off of the book property actually i think it's a sierra license um that came one and one with the vivendi sierra um hobbit game that I've done a complete playthrough on and those are based off of the books so what they did was when the film versions finally got made Two Towers because the game already existed for Fellowship is actually Fellowship and Two Towers in one and while I didn't care for some certain scenes I have flashes of that uh, Helm's Deep battle where you're pushing goblins and orcs off of ladders um, as bad all in all I really dug the game so sorry personal story We'll leave it at that. Uh, anyway, number seven, Super Smash Brothers Melee. I figured this would have been higher on his, and I figured this would have been more popular than it is. Don't worry, folks. It does get high in our top ten. But uh, Smash Brothers Melee, 
A lot of people consider it to be the quintessential. While it premiered on the N64, this was the one they got right, and uh, most people still think this is the best way. And, of course, it did establish that GameCube controllers are the real way everybody should be playing Smash Brothers. Uh, number six, Star Wars Rogue Leader Rogue Squadron 2. Ah, do I love Rogue Squadron 2. Um, it is just... Good old-fashioned flying around, shooting ships. I don't know what else to say, but it was a gorgeous launch game. Number five, 13, or XIII. Um, this is a first-person shooter that did have some multiplayer components to it that I know were pretty popular. Actually, on the GameCube, my buddy Bill, who uh, used to run like the ultimate uh, singles apartment when I first moved to Kansas City, uh, used to play 13 with a bunch of his friends uh, when he was a rapper. He actually did that for his job. And um, he had a studio in one apartment room, and then he had his own bedroom. And then out in the living room, you basically either drank or smoked Pick your substance, and then uh, play 13. Uh, never did get around to playing it, but people tell me it's good. Uh, number four, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Now, because this was a pack-in for the Xbox for a while, I always relate this to the Xbox, and I've never played The Clone Wars game. But, again, apparently it's pretty good. Andy clearly likes it. Uh, number three, Donkey Konga. Who needs Guitar Hero when you can beat on some drums and play weird pop-punk covers of all the small things? Uh, Donkey Konga is okay. I still don't think it's the best of the Bongo games. In fact, I think it's the weakest of the Bongo games. But you know what? Donkey Konga did introduce the Bongos, and it was damn fine fun. Plus, it does have all the Nintendo stuff like the Zelda soundtrack. Number two, Mario Kart Double Dash. So apparently, those shitty bu uh, bikes didn't sway Andy in the least. Neither did having a teammate. Although, I've always wanted to sit down with my brother-in-law and my wife and play Double Dash so they can see just how horrid it actually is. And his number one, a game I am eager to try without motion controls, is The Legend of Zelda The Twilight Princess. Legends of Zelda Twilight Princess came out in November of 19... Or, I'm sorry, 1996. 2006, with the launch of the Wii. I remember it was a cold Sunday. I walked in, I grabbed my Wii, I grabbed my uh, Twilight Princess, and one other game. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Red Steel, but I could be wrong. Anyway... And played through that game. Well, most of that game. And had motion controls, didn't really care for it. The GameCube version comes out, I think, December 9th. It came out December of that same year. And it had a very limited print run. If you're lucky enough to grab it, it's very popular. But it was the only way to play with controllers. Despite the fact that uh, it mirrored the world. Um, so they basically flip-flopped the world. Actually, I'm sorry. The GameCube version has the correct world for Link. It's the Wii version that mirrored the world. Anyway, it's all been corrected and it's back to normal in the HD remaster. So if you don't want to go grab the GameCube version for 50, 60 bucks, go grab the remaster for 50, 60 bucks and at least get it in 1080p. <laughs> Next up, we've got Austin. Austin writes in and he gives commentary, which is great. So you don't have to listen to my shitty commentary. Uh, he goes... Narrowing down this list was very difficult. There's so many great original IPs for the GameCube, and I just can't imagine or manage to squeeze in uh, a top 20 seems more appropriate for this console. I think the GameCube is a strong console because it represents the root of uh, for a lot of continued series, and the original titles stand strong and are very much worth playing. Here are my top 10 picks. Number 10, Geist. 
Though the game has its flaws and terrible shooting mechanics, this is a game I think all GameCube owners should play. It plays like the worst half uh, like a worse Half-Life with ghost elements. In fact, it's kind of crazy how much it reminds me of Half-Life. The mechanics are very interesting, if flawed, and one particular section near the middle demonstrates how cleverly the ghost concept can be utilized in an FPS environment. I can only dream of the day uh, of one day getting a sequel. I have Geist on the PS2. Maybe someday I'll pop it in and play it, you know, like everything else. But I do have a video series coming up of PS2 games that I'm going to get started on trying. So maybe Geist will be in there. But you've piqued my interest. And if for any reason that just doesn't, copy doesn't play, may as well grab it on GameCube. Number nine, Animal Crossing. The original title, for America anyway, we didn't get the N64 version, remains my favorite. Just on a side note, yes, uh, Animal Crossing did actually come out on the Nintendo 64 in uh, Japan. <clears throat> the NES unlockable titles are largely for this, as this was the first time I got to play many of these. I think the title stands strong because it's the most simple of the series, bringing the focus more on relationships with the townsfolk. Couldn't agree more, especially as we said in the top 10 with the holidays and uh, yeah, the Nintendo games. For those that haven't, uh, that didn't know this or haven't paid attention, it does include some of the hardcore hitters like uh, the original Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda, Punch-Out, not Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, but Punch-Out. And uh, it, I think it's a total of 30 games, so it's very worthwhile. Uh, number eight, Luigi's Mansion. Though perhaps not as inventive as the GameCube horror classic Eternal Darkness, Luigi's Mansion stands out for fantastic gameplay and atmosphere, solid throughout and quite creative. I still stand it's the best Ghostbusters game that's ever come out. Uh, that's my comment at the end, not his. Uh, number seven, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Many Herald Melee is the pinnacle of the series, and while I don't necessarily agree, as it's not my favorite anymore... This was a staggering step up from the original. All the trophies, the challenge levels, the adventure mode, new characters, new levels, and absolutely mind-blowing graphics really made this an incredible game and a love letter to Nintendo's history. Jeez, Austin, you're making me want to play this game, and I hate, as a general rule, Smash Brothers. although I've never played Melee, so maybe that's the core of my problem. Uh, number six, Pikmin. Pikmin is one of the best console strategy series around. The title lacks the combat complexity of its sequels, but absolutely nails the isolationism, awe of discovery, and tense nature from the uh, imposed day limit in a way the sequels don't manage to hit. I tend to agree with you, Austin. I think that Pikmin, the first one, is the best balance of those, although I could hear a case for Pikmin 3. While they tried new stuff with Pikmin 2, it just didn't hit the mark. I say that, and I think somebody else picked Pikmin 2 much higher. Anyway, number five, Super Mario Sunshine, my favorite 3D Mario title. This game might be lacking in variety compared to Mario 64's environments, but the gameplay in Sunshine is just extremely solid. Flu or yeah, fluid is fun. The challenge stages are some of the series' most difficult challenges. Uh, I've played a little bit of Sunshine, not too much. I need to replay this game. I do own it, though, so I do have it in my very limited GameCube collection that is sitting side-by-side side with my very limited now Wii U collection. Uh, Kirby's Air Ride is his number four. Ah, Kirby's Air Ride. Only one button. The racing isn't that good, especially compared to Double Dash. But, oh, Lord, the city trial mode. I have spent hundreds of hours. He capitalizes hundreds of hours in City Trail. And if I fire up the GameCube today, this is what I would go to first city trial mode is the most perfectly addictive thing devised in a racing game just try it the more friends the better you'll have an absolute blast number three for him legend of zelda wind waker 
This game represents such a major departure from the N64 titles and in a fantastic way. The most intense combat in the series, wonderful exploration, and just overall an excellent Zelda title. Well, Austin, uh, while I do have the Wind Waker HD remake on the Wii U, in fact, my Wii U is a HD uh, is a Wind Waker console. Never played this game. This one and Skyward Sword are the two games I've never played through. Really a shame. I need to get to that. Number two, Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4 is a powerhouse of a game. Historically, almost all third-person games today now owe some part of their design to Resident Evil 4. For 2004. It actually got delayed. It came out, I believe, in early 05, like February, I think. But anyway, this was absolutely revolutionary. The shooting mechanics are truly perfect, enjoyable, and tense. To me, this is a perfect game, and though it has been re-released many times, I think the GameCube title is worth playing as it stands up today. Um, I agree with you, Austin. Uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Resident Evil 4 does graphical things on the GameCube that have not been able to be emulated by the PS2 or even the Wii. Now, the PC 1080p, like, super version that recently came out that's, I think, due out on consoles uh, in a month or two, that probably looks just as good, if not even a little cleaner. But I do keep my Resident Evil 4 uh, GameCube version just to go through from time to time. Plus, the QuickTime events are a little harder because I'm not used to those button combinations. Anyway, number one, Metroid Prime. Top the list is Metroid Prime. This is the ocarina of time for the Metroid series. The jump to 3D could not have been done better. Insane graphics, solid shooting, brilliant exploration, the scan visor. It all just culminates into an experience unlike any other. The sequels are solid in their own right, but the original takes the works with Super Metroid and turns it into 3D perfectly. See, that's another mistake for me, is that I have not played Metroid Prime. I do have the HD Trilogy, had it on game, or on Wii, ended up giving that to a cousin of mine who'd never played them, and I knew he'd get to them before me, and bought the digital version on Wii U, but I definitely need to. In fact, this keeps reminding me that as Nintendo keeps falling lower and lower on the totem pole of consoles that are relevant today, there were so many great games for, for those that so many Nintendo fans endearingly love that I simply haven't played, and that's a mistake. Anyway, he says, well, there's my list. Thank you for all your hard work on the show, Jam and Fred. Hope to see the PS2 top 10 soon. I got my list for that pared down as well. Well, Austin, um, I believe the PS2, Jam and I were looking it over. We had to bump some stuff in May, so like meaning we had too much May stuff, so we had to bump some stuff into June. I bet you'll hear the PS2 top 10 E3 week because June 14th happens to be smack dab in the middle of E3 when I'll be doing lots of modern coverage plus it happens to be my mother's birthday and it also happens to be a Tuesday when we do our show so I'm not going to be able to do that show live because of all the E3 and I'm going to probably be right when our show is airing running to take my mother out to dinner so that'll be a good time for us to pre-record and release that upon you all anyway next up we have Blake Good old Jedi Slurpee. Uh, Blake just gives titles, no explanations, but we've got some interesting things here. So first up, number 10 for him, Time Splitters 2. Another number 10. So it actually has two points now because two people put it as number 10. <laughs> number 9, Soul Calibur 2. Apparently Blake would not be drawn away from Spawn or from Hihachi, and he goes with the ultimate version with Link, Soul Calibur 2. Uh, it's also the only version of Soul Calibur 2 you can play that has Link in it. Uh, number eight, Luigi's Mansion. Enough said. Number seven, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. 
man, do I love this game. I just can't imagine it on the GameCube, but it turns out a lot of people played it here. I played it on the Xbox, and I've had just as many people go, what do you mean, that's a PlayStation game? So it's really funny how that all split, especially how Prince of Persia managed to transcend that generation. And, Blake, good news for you. Um, while we're doing uh, a different uh, show tomorrow, uh, this is going up late Monday night, um, the following week is going to be Prince of Persia, the, San, uh, the sorry, the Prince of Persia series. So look forward to hearing much about your Sands of Time uh, in the upcoming week. Number six, Metroid Prime. There you go. Number five, Mario Power Tennis. I've heard that these games are really good. I just, I think this is the first one and I never played it. Um, number four, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader. Uh, another classic vote for a classic game. Number three, Resident Evil 4. I think we've already polished that one up. Number two, Mario Kart Double Dash. No explanations for these. I really wish you guys could have defended. Maybe it's just because it's a Mario Kart game, but I doubt it. I feel like there's something in there that really touched both of you, especially because you put it so high in your top tens. And number one for Blake is The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Um, You know, time has been kind to that game. I remember that game not garnering as popular attention as i would have liked in fact i remember i have a game guide over here that i'm just glancing at and it's from that time period uh 2003 sometime i think and it says wind waker map and guide and i remember going what a throwaway like that's why they put it in the cheat codes book because they got all these cheat codes in the back and then up front they just threw a guide to playing i think there's also uh lara croft angel of darkness so you've got like two games that were kind of like not endearingly loved when they first came out but Wind Waker has garnered a lot of attention since then, and especially since the HD one. So thank you, Blake. And last but not least, we've got Voss. So Voss writes in, and he says, uh, number 10, Future Tactics, The Uprising. Fun little tactical game. Not amazing, but worth checking out. Number 9, Botan Kaitos, Eternal Wings and the Lost Ocean. The only reason, Voss, I didn't have Botan Kaitos on our list was Jam and I, neither of us had played it. So shame on us. I don't even own it. I need to look that up. Anyway, he says, very unique JRPG, also worth checking out. Number eight, Mario Party 5. The only Mario Party I ever got into. Had a lot of fun times playing it with my sister. Well, that's good. And I think Mario Party 4 is the bad one, not 5. So you're good to go. Uh, Number seven, Kirby Air Ride. I have never been a fan of racing games, but there was something about this particular title that really grabbed me. And not just because it was Kirby. Voss is a big Kirby fan. Uh, There was a lot of various modes and vehicles, which made it pretty awesome. Well, clearly Austin had a lot to say about it as well. I didn't even realize it was a racing game, so shame on me. Um, Number six, Pokemon Coliseum. Although a very unconventional style of Pokemon game, the environments and plot pretty much outshone any of the previous games in the series. Those are bold words. Might actually check that out. Number five, Pikmin. Absolute jaw-dropping, adorable fun. Just the right amount of frustration to keep me going, but not enough to make me quit. I'd say you nailed it. Like, that is totally the balance of Pikmin. Number four, Tales of Symphonia. The first Tales game I ever played, which began with my deep, dark spiral of obsession with the franchise. Uh, I could be wrong, Voss, but I don't think the Tales series has been too kind to you as of late, but I Again, I could be wrong. Um, But yes, many people endearingly love Tales of Symphonia. Uh, Number three, Pikmin 2. There we go. Took everything from the first game and improved it considerably. Also cut back on a lot of frustration. Uh, Well, I do know there are critics on both sides of the fence. Uh, Voss clearly likes Pikmin 2, so there you go. Uh, Number two, Resident Evil 0. 
best Resident Evil game and how the series should have progressed into next gen. You know, while I don't really care for, in hindsight, Resident Evil Zero, although having replayed um, the opening of that at PAX, and of course I own the game, I need to just go through it eventually, um, and recently picking up Code Veronica X, I think I'm starting to get a little warmer to Resident Evil Zero. And even though I don't agree with you, Voss, as far as uh, being the best Resident Evil game, uh, and I don't know if you're just trolling me, but you might not be, what I can say is almost agree with you on how the series should have progressed almost give you that almost the only thing is you're burning down the world of resident evil 4 but you talk about that at the end so we'll we'll save that number one for him super smash brothers melee best pretend fighting game ever chock full of nintendo fan service i love so much also critically acclaimed as the pinnacle of the series and still the go-to for uh, most smash tournaments couldn't have said it better myself, and I didn't say it. You did, and so did Austin, and so did everybody else. Smash Brothers, hands down, takes the cake. Um, side note, fuck Resident Evil 4. Leon is shit, and I blame him for the death, uh, or blame it for the death of the survival horror genre. I didn't play Remake on GameCube, so that's why it's not on the list. Also, Wind Waker or Super Mario Sunshine was a conscious decision. Oh, also, no Wind Waker or Super Mario Sunshine was a conscious decision. Okay, so Voss clearly left out some heavy hitters on purpose. Um, also, yeah, Voss is a very old school um, survival horror player. In fact, he has more tolerance and skill for those games than I ever could hope to have. What's interesting is Voss is much younger than most of our listeners, so that puts him as a, a rare breed. Um, so good for you, Voss. And you know what? Stick to your guns on that one. I'll give it to you. In fact, from coming from him now that I think about it, Resident Evil Zero being the best Resident Evil game ever is a bold but potentially accurate statement if you think of the old school. Anyway, all right, without psychoanalyzing everyone's personality, sorry, Voss, if you feel mildly, like I was mildly invasive on that one. I didn't intend to be. Um, let's jump into the top 10. So, Geist and Future Tactics, The Uprising have one point. Animal Crossing, Bot and Kaitos, Time Splitters 2, Super Monkey Ball, and Soul Calibur 2 have two points. Mario Party 5 and Lord of the Rings 2 Towers have three points. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time stands alone with four points. Pokemon Coliseum stands alone with five points. 13 or XIII and Mario Power Tennis, as well as Super Mario Sunshine and Luigi's Mansion, all sit with six points. Tales of Symphonia sits with seven points alongside The Clone Wars. Pikmin 2 and Donkey Konga share eight points. Now for the top ten, everything above that has more than eight points. And here we go with the top ten. Coming in at number ten, thanks to Voss's Resident Evil Zero. Number nine is Twilight Princess, Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess. Number eight is Kirby's Air Ride in tie with number seven. So maybe they're tied for number eight with Pikmin. Number six is Star Wars Rogue Leader. Uh, that's uh, Rogue Squadron 2 as number seven. Number six is Metroid Prime. We have a small jump in points to number five, which is, uh, sorry, I screwed this up. Okay, so Resident Evil 0 is 10, Twilight Princess is 9, Kirby's Air Ride and Pikmin are tied for 8-7. 6 is Rogue Leader, 5 is Metroid Prime, 4 is Resident Evil 4, 3, 
two and one are all tied so we don't really have a winner but i don't think many people have a problem with this the three-way tie goes to the wind waker legend of zelda the wind waker mario kart double dash and super smash brothers melee which i think is good news because it properly combines almost everybody's favorite from their top tens sorry andy um but with that that's how we got there uh, you can go back and, and check if you want to, but mostly it was, I, I double checked the math. It's mostly due to some of the upper level games all getting multiple votes. And that's really how this came down to it. So anyway, uh, you can check us out at gaminghistory101.com. As I said, in June, probably June 14th, June 15th is when the recording will go live on the website. Um, in the midst of E3 will probably be our PS2 top 10. Um, but uh, with that, uh, you can check us out. And of course, come check us out live at allgames.com every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where you can chat alongside everybody else. In the meantime, this is Fred Rojas saying peace out.